say, it's time to arise. Smile at them and say, it's time to arise. And also say, it's time to shine. Amen. Praise God. I'm so grateful to the Lord for an opportunity to always share his word. His word is so precious. The Bible says the word of God is more precious than silver or gold. Amen. I want to come to that place where, like David, I can say, man, Lord, your word is more precious than silver or gold. It's sweeter than honey. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. I thank you for your beloved who you love so much. Each one of us you have purchased by the blood, oh Lord, thank you for those who hear the sound of my voice, those who are watching through streaming, Lord, we just, we just bless you for everyone that you've connected us to one way or the other. And right now I ask for the release, Father, of your Holy Spirit. I ask for the anointing to increase. I ask that I'll speak for the oracles of God with boldness, with clarity. Father, and as your word comes forth, let light come, let understanding, revelation come. I ask for a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom that we will know you and that we will know what you're saying to your beloved. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we're expectant of great things this afternoon, this morning, afternoon. In Jesus' name, beloved said, amen. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 and 2 says this. In fact, it says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And it says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. I want you to turn to somebody again and say, arise and shine. For your light has come. Have a smile on your face and say, hey, arise and shine. For your light has come. Hallelujah. You know, in the book of Isaiah, God prophetically speaks to his beloved, speaks to his people. In fact, this is really being spoken to Jerusalem or Israel. But we are the spiritual Israel, amen? So it's obviously speaking to the church as well. And he's prophetically saying to us, he's encouraging us, he's actually declaring to us, you got to arise, you got to shine, because our light has come, you know? And this scripture is not really a suggestion or an option. I'm just recapping from last week, and we'll go on further this week as well. It is really a clarity call. And a clarion call is a strongly expressed demand for action. So notice it says, arise, shine, your light has come. You know, it's not a question as, do you want to arise, church of God? Do you want to, my beloved? Do you want to sleep a little bit more? In fact, last week I was speaking to somebody concerning arising and waking up and stuff like that. And I said, so are you, are you awake? He said, yes, I'm awake, but I'm still in bed. I won't tell you who it was, amen. But when it says arise, it means get up out of the bed, amen. It means you got to get up. You got to stand up. To arise means to get up. It means to, it's a call to wake up from your slumber. A call to wake up from your spiritual slumber or laziness. That's what it's, it's, it's a call to wake up from spiritual death. To arise, get up, stand up. It's a call to shine brightly, to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. Man, this is a clarion call. And the Bible makes it very clear that this is the time for us. This is the time and the season for us to really get up, stand up, arise, and to let our light shine. And it tells us in verse 2, it tells us that it's because darkness covers the earth and great darkness the people. You know, in the Bible, light signifies God. 
It signifies Jesus Christ. Light signifies the word of God, the revelation of God. It signifies good deeds. It signifies the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God is light and in him is no darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He told his beloved, you are the light of the world because he has gone to the Father. So now we are the light of the word. The Bible says that his word gives us light. It's light for our path. Or By the entrance of his word, do we have light or revelation? And light also signifies good deeds. You see that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So light also means good works. There's something, the good actions, good, uh, the things that you do somehow show the glory of God. Amen. So if there's a season and a time to heed this call, it's now. Darkness covers the earth. And the Bible says, great darkness, the peoples. Amen. In the Bible, darkness signifies a lot of things. It signifies Satan. It signifies his kingdom. The Bible says that, um, you know, he's re- he represents darkness. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about uh, uh, the, the rulers of darkness. And that's all the cohorts of the enemy. He says, you're not resting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So it represents the realm and the kingdom of Satan, just like light represents the realm and the kingdom of God. Darkness also represents a lack of spiritual understanding. Darkness represents sin. It represents rebellion against God and his ways. That's darkness. Darkness also signifies wicked deeds or evil deeds. Now, wicked not in terms of how society considers something wicked, but wicked in terms of what God considers wicked or what God considers unacceptable or evil. Are you with me so far? Bible tells us in John 3, 19, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Notice that it's associated with darkness. Deeds, evil deeds are associated with darkness. Verse 20 says, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be, should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. The point I'm making here is that darkness represents the kingdom of Satan, the ways of Satan, the deeds that Satan recommends that upset God. Amen. So darkness really is, when you have darkness in the physical, it's when there's partial light or when there's no light. You know, and darkness covers the world. So the things of God, you know, have been taken out of the world in, in many regards. People are no longer looking to the, the scriptures or the ways of the scriptures, the teachings of the Bible. It's, it's sort of, people are saying, we don't need that anymore. That's for the Victorian era. And then they ditch something that is really a principle, you know, that God has given us so that we have light for our path. But darkness is when it's, and the Bible is saying darkness has covered the earth and great darkness of people. We saw that. I'm not going to go into everything that I said last week. But we saw last week how our world now considers the things that are evil, they actually consider it good. The things that are good, they consider evil. And that's what's prophesied in the book of Isaiah chapter 50 verse 20. It says the things that are good are now evil. The things that are evil are now good. The things that are dark are now lights. The things that are light are now dark. The things that are bitter are now sweet. And you look at our society today and that's a picture of what our society is all about. 
Darkness has actually affected the church. We saw last week that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, that unfortunately in the last days, many will depart from the faith. It means many will depart from the light and they will embrace the darkness. That's what the Bible says. In fact, Jesus paints a very depressing picture about the end times. And he, and he paints a picture to show that evil and darkness will progressively get worse. That's in Matthew 24, 6 and 12. I'm not going to go through all of that. But the point I'm making is that that is why now is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to arise and shine. God doesn't like darkness. Remember when the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the earth. What was the first thing he said? Let there be light. Let there be light. He wants light to shine in the darkness. And you know what? He's got an army across the earth. He's got an army in, the, in Canada, in Guelph. He's got an army in your neighborhood, in your workplace. That can let the light shine in the darkness. Folks, he's counting on us. Turn to somebody and say, arise and shine. Say it's turn, time to shine. You see, this is not a time to be discouraged and despondent and say, oh God, look at what's happening in the earth. You know, 30 years ago, things went like that. No, no, no. This is the time to rise up, to get up, to stand up, not to be in your closet anymore, to speak for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. It's time to shine. Now the world, when the world looks at folks who shine and what they call stars, they're really looking at people who, uh, you know, are stars or stand up in a specific sphere of influence. So it may be, for example, in an act in Hollywood, you have Hollywood stars and, and they're head and shoulder above their peers and they, 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 they command a lot of money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or you have basketball stars or, or, or NHL stars and you have these different stars and even in the area of science or politics or economics, you have stars. People who are head and shoulder above. And their gifts and their ability just stand out. And those are the stars. But it has little to do with character. Godly character. The kind of character that God smiles at. That's why you have incredible stars and yet their character is sometimes very ungodly. But the Bible, when the Bible speaks of people shining, it's not just looking at gifts and abilities. It's looking at things, not, it is looking at gifts and abilities, but it's looking at a lot more. You know, letting our light shine speaks of reflecting the character, the goodness, and the ability of God. When we let our light shine, we are reflecting, we are representing the character of God, the goodness of God, and the ability of God. Can I hear a good amen? Hallelujah. You see, it speaks of reflecting and representing the God of light, reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. It means that we are, we are living by the word, which is a light unto our path. It means that our deeds shine and glorify God. That's what it means to literally shine when we represent the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the character of God. Shining is also speak, speaks about excelling wherever you are in whatever you do. That means shining. I'll just give you a scripture here, Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, but for the Lord. And it goes on and says, you receive a reward and says, it is the Lord Christ 
you are serving. Wow. Imagine if we all have that attitude. And when we went to our different places of work, you know, we worked as if we were, wor were working for the Lord Jesus Christ with all our heart, with our very best efforts. I'm telling you, you shine in that company. Because yes, you may be getting minimum wage, but the wonder, what is up with that guy? Why is he so diligent? Doesn't he realize it's minus 25, but he's on time? But what they don't understand is that you are serving the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember when I was a lot younger, I was in high school. And frankly, I was a late developer, as they say. You know, um, but anyway, I remember my dad was trying to motivate me you know, to study hard and to work hard so I'd get good grades. You know, and, I, and I listened to this speech at the beginning of term. And then at the end, I just looked up and I said, what would you give me? What would you give me if I work hard? And he looked at me very puzzled. He says, what would I give you? It's for your benefit. But I wanted to work hard for my dad. But the Bible says here that whatever you do it, do, as, do it as unto the Lord. Work as unto the Lord. Not for human masters. When you do something, it's not because of your boss or the employer. You see, it makes a big difference because if you don't like your employer and you're working for the Lord, I'm telling you, you still shine there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You still shine there. Even if they don't recognize you, you will shine because you are working as unto the Lord. You are serving him. And you know what? Every single thing you do as unto the Lord, there is a reward. Every single thing. Notice what it says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So whatever you do, but I'm saying that, it, 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 I'm going to talk about this later on in, in, another, in a few week's time. But it means that our gifts and our talents, our abilities will cause us to rise to the top because we are serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. As Christ's followers, the Bible makes some powerful statements of fact, spiritual facts. The Bible makes it clear that as Christ's followers, we have been delivered from darkness. You have been delivered from darkness. I'll give you the scriptures to support that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, He has delivered us. Glory to God. Do you notice his past tense? Do you notice his past tense? He says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness, from the authority of darkness, from the dominion of darkness. And remember, darkness means sin, rebellion, the, the effects of the, the kingdom of, the, of, 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 of Satan. That's all the realm of darkness. The Bible says he has delivered us. So you have been delivered from darkness. Turn to somebody and say, you have been delivered from darkness. Hallelujah. He says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us. So you have been transferred, church. You are no longer in darkness. You have been transferred. Or if you think about conveyed, it's like a conveyor belt. Somehow you were moved. So now you have been moved into the kingdom of the son of his love, who is the light of the world. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, this is so powerful. I believe the vision Pastor Bob saw was apt because it's exactly what I'm going to talk about here. You see, the Bible says we have been redeemed or we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. So we were in the realm of darkness under the hooks and the, and the, and the clutches of the enemy. But he redeemed us by his blood. So now we have been purchased. So you and I, 
Folks, we belong to Jesus Christ. He, that is why we call him Lord. He is our master. We are the born servants. We seek to do his will. Yes, we are sons and daughters. Bless God. We are adopted into, the, into his into sonship. Praise the Lord. We are children of the most high God. That's why we can call him Abba Father. But do you know we have to recognize that we belong to him. He has redeemed us by his blood. We have been purchased. That's why the Bible makes demands on those people who are being called out of darkness. Because we belong to Jesus. 1 Peter 2.9 He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Oh, see, I'm out of darkness. See, I'm in his wonderful light. Glory. You see, when God called us out of darkness into his wonderful light, he placed us into a totally different kingdom. The kingdom of the sun. You know, his kingdom of the marvelous light. Our status has changed. Before God, we are totally, we are new creation. Glory to God. Before God, the Bible says that in Revelation chapter 1, 6, it says he has made us to be kings and priests. You are a king. Even if you're female, amen. In the kingdom of God, there's no male or female. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says he has made you a king. You are destined to reign. He has made you a priest. Oh, that we will recognize this, this awesome privilege of being the priest of God. Where we intercede on behalf of our family members, on behalf of our businesses, on behalf of our neighbors. Where we intercede for the lost. That is the mantle of the priest. Where we approach God and minister to him in worship. You have been made a king. You have been made a priest unto God by Jesus Christ. But I would boast about you. First Peter 2, 9 says, you are a chosen people. Glory to God. One version says a chosen generation. It says you are a royal priesthood. Remember, kings and priests. So you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's very own possession. Glory to God. So the Bible is showing us clearly that the lifestyle of those in the light should be totally different from the lifestyle of those in the darkness. He expects us to be different because we are different. Are you hearing me? Philippians chapter 2, 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, I'm not preaching to you as if I'm holy, holy, I'm already arrived, I'm in a ninth heaven or whatever, seventh heaven or third heaven. No. When I was, I was preaching, I was getting this ready, many times I said, mm. and that wasn't a nice feeling. I said, oh, that got me. Are you hear what I'm saying? So you're free to say, mm, if it gets you. Glory to God. He says, do everything without grumbling. Christians now love to grumble. We all love to grumble. We complain and complain. There are books written on how to complain. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. You can Google it. No, don't Google it. It's there, but don't Google it. Because if you Google it and you're not careful, you may buy it. But it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Look at verse 15. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. 
Then it says, then you shall shine among them like stars in the sky. So if everybody's complaining on Monday or Tuesday or whatever it is, and you are not complaining, you are not getting into the arguments. Bible is saying that you will shine. You'll be different. You'll think, what's wrong with you? You're shining. You're shining. Hallelujah. Folks, we are different. I want to ask you this question. Actually, let's, let me just finish this. It says, um, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And it says, verse 60, as you hold firmly to the word of life. So it's not just a question of not doing what the world does or not grumbling and stuff, but you're holding on to something precious, the word of life. You're holding on to, you're living by that. You know, you're living by the word. You know the word is not just an outdated book. You know it's the word of the living God to you for now. You know the word is precious. So you take it in because it's the light for your path. It gives you direction for Christian living now. That word is profitable for teaching, for correction. Oh, church, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for good works that shine before men. I want to ask you a question. Is your lifestyle different from the lifestyle of those in the darkness? Is your lifestyle, is there any difference from those whose lifestyle is the darkness? Or is there a difference? The Bible says that those in the light follow Jesus. Their lifestyle is the lifestyle of Jesus. They follow the example of Jesus. They follow his teachings. They follow his example. They love him, so they want to please him and they obey him. They love him. The Bible, Jesus said, if, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And because we love him, that's why we'll forgive somebody, even though that person would like to smash them in the nose. But we'll forgive them because of Jesus. He says, I need you to forgive as your heavenly father has forgiven. They follow Jesus. They follow the example of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Notice what he said. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So those who follow Jesus walk in the light. Amen? Following Jesus is not, a lot of people think following Jesus is just, what can I get from Jesus? That's not it. You know, it, it, when Jesus walked on the face of the earth, a lot of people fo followed him. He, he moved and there were multitudes or there were crowds. People, everybody, everybody had a piece of Jesus' ministry. Why? Because he was meeting needs, desperate needs of people. People who had been, who had been in bondage for 12 years or 18 years, Jesus would come and boom, they'll be delivered. People who were blind were seeing. Lame were walking. Deaf were hearing. He raised people from the dead, folks. Everybody was following Jesus. Because wherever, even when he taught, the Bible says, he taught not like the Pharisees or the scribes, but he taught with someone with authority. He spoke to the wind and the waves to be still. And they were still. And the disciples said, who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Church, everybody was following Jesus. But when he had that massive, massive crowd, 
Bible tells us he showed them what it meant to follow him. 